Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. In this week's revelation, posted a scant two days ago, I cited two extraordinary cases of skiers who took a huge leap of faith in order to obtain the best boot fit possible with their cantankerous feet. While we're on the subject of blind faith, I thought it an opportune time to dig deeper into the subject of trust and how it relates to skiing. I wrote this rumination on trust ten years ago. Not a word of it has aged in the interim. I hope you enjoy my narration of On Trust, Chapter 10 in Snowbird Secrets, available on Amazon.com, or at Snowbird, which is where I go to settle any trust issues I might have. And now, On Trust. All our lives we depend on others. It's implicit in infancy, unavoidable in adolescence, negotiated in marriage, and fundamental to friendship. As long as we live, we will be dependent on oxygen and have to trust that, with or without string theory, in our universe, gravity will continue to tether us to the planet. So there are things we trust with our lives already, we just assume them and so don't count them. When we trust our lives on skis, however, somehow the consequences seem so much more tangible, less abstract, more painful, and so very, very dependent on us alone. That's the big question, isn't it? Not that you can trust your skis or the laws of nature or your cousin the CPA, but can you trust yourself? When the you-know-what hits the F-A-N, who do you trust to skipper your ship to safe harbor? Is there anyone on board who knows what to do in a crisis? We hope you didn't say, my conscious mind. That cowboy is as useless as gills on a buzzard. Whenever disaster impends, your conscious mind has no time to call a committee to order, review the agenda, evaluate strengths and weaknesses, and decide what you're going to do to live through the next microsecond. An automatic response is all you have to depend on, and if it doesn't happen now, you're toast. The response you summon is whatever your body has been trained to believe. While you can't train your body for every contingency, you don't have to. It has a remarkable instinct for self-preservation. When you stumble stepping off the sidewalk, it knows to shuffle the loose foot forward ASAP. You don't have to think, and it wouldn't have helped if you had, for you would have been nose to asphalt before you summarized the situation. Instead, you trusted an automatic response, and it came through before you could even consciously call for its intervention. That's the guy, or gal, you want making the snap-quick judgments that avert disaster and keep you out of tomorrow's headlines. If you want autopilot to save you, you need to practice skiing without thinking about skiing. You need to trust your body to get the job done unsupervised. Which is not to say that thoughts have no influence on your body. The problem is your mind has a lot of influence on your body, more than enough to screw it up completely. If you complicate the skiing process with a litany of internal chatter, your chances of skiing well approach zero. Instead of some silly bit of instruction filling the space between your ears, focus the mind on the path ahead and let the body draw from a well of perfect images and feelings to choose the right action at the right moment. The conscious mind is terribly clever, but its ability to construct and communicate the commands necessary to function through moguls at 30 miles per hour or in any terrain when topping 60 miles an hour, is impaired. Skiing makes it possible to travel too fast to think. Instead, you learn to travel at the speed of trust. At the Velocities World Cup racers swoosh downhill, they have to be able to visualize their entire run, 
almost as if it were a single thought. If visualization can achieve total clarity, if the movie in your mind runs in HD without skipping a frame, your body can draw on this image as if it were a behavior map and simulate the motions imprinted in the imagination. To achieve that super-sharp image of the perfect turn, practice seeing it and feeling it in your mind's eye. This is immensely easier to do once one has already done it, and frightfully difficult to do if one hasn't, but the quickest way to acquire skills is to see them first. The next trick is to internalize what you see so intensely that you can feel the motion, the buildup of pressure under the foot as the ski loads, followed by the ineluctable moment of early commitment to the uphill ski as you steer into the top of the turn. Once you can see it and feel it, you can do it. Just remember to shut down your thinking, judging self before takeoff, so your body has a chance to draw on your image library without interference. Getting your judging self to shut the hell up can be quite the obstacle. In social circles, this is often achieved with alcohol, but this is a very bad idea as a ski learning method. There are two things you can do on every run that will keep the onboard hectoring at bay. First, create a trigger mechanism, one you instantly obey, which is your signal to end all self-talk. This can be a quick lift of the goggles off the face, a click of the poles together, a stomp of the feet, any simple repeatable act that invariably and immediately precedes takeoff. The message of this act is always the same. It's time to turn off the computer, focus on the hill ahead, and go skiing. This may work brilliantly until you make your first bobble, your first slump back into an old vile habit. Instantly, your internal Judge Judy renders an unfavorable ruling, citing your history of failure and rattling your confidence. But there is a way to muzzle her, and that's the second trick. Put some music on in your head, either piped in off your iPod or sourced from memory, and play it loud. Let the music occupy all the space in your head, and there will be no place left for a self-judge to sit. The judge may as well get up and join the dance, because there will be no more judging now. So sharpen the focus on your in-flight movie, put your music on, hit your trigger, and trust your body's ability to imitate the perfect image in your mind. When you ski well, you are your movements. You are unmediated sensation, feeling both in the flow and of it, blurring the barrier between yourself and the medium you move through. Until you are so aware, you're gone. You can't get to this transcendental state without letting go, which is the embodiment of trust. Letting go can mean straight-running Anderson's Hill from the top, or laying your hips so far over on the last pitch of Regulator Johnson, you can feel the G's flowing through your body like electricity. Letting go might happen in the bumps under Peruvian, where you find the pattern in the chaos, pouring down battle-scarred bumps like mercury, adding the syncopation of air just because there is beauty in flight. Letting go is an immersion into confidence, a celebration of the security of skill, the awareness that you have judged the exit from North Chute in tempo with your turns so you can admire and appreciate the rock you pass rather than fear it. If we're letting go, acting on autopilot and sending our reasoning selves to go sit in the corner and mind their own business, just what is the apparatus on our shoulders up to whilst we rocket down the hill? Our personal prayer 
is that it's watching where the show is heading and anticipating where, in the looming maze of trails, terrain features, and fellow citizens, to go next. Safety first. Who else is on the radar? And at what speed are they closing? Are there any one-eyed skiers, a.k.a. snowboarders, who have no clue you are sharing the same slope and trajectory? Are there any of the less fortunate stemming their way trepidatiously downhill to whom we owe the courtesy of a wide berth? If we're skiing with any buddies, have we allowed room for them in our calculations? Oh, there are many and splendid things to occupy the mind while we hurtle through space and time, but how to make a turn need not and ought not to be one of them. Trust is the doorway to salvation, the ideology of success. Like anticipation, trust looks forward to that which not yet is, and does more than just envisions it, it believes in it. Trust combines energy, imagery, and will to create an improbable outcome that might have 1,000 iterations in other worlds, but not in this one, not in this time, where everything is perfect. This has been Jackson Hogan for Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. Thanks for listening.